most of us agree that Anthony Richardson is one of the most physically gifted human beings on the planet. But there are some major concerns that I, I am genuinely very concerned about. And we'll talk about it here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports and Giants Country. A uh, couple things. One, like, comment, subscribe. A few of you join the Locked On Gators Discord server, um, which the link is in the description if you want to do that. that, that that's great. That's fun. That's where the first segment is about. Um, and also, no tape Tuesday today, just because there are more pressing things that I think should be talked about. Um, and so there's that. But today we're talking about Anthony Richardson because, like I've said, like he is one of the most physically gifted human beings on the planet. I said that a ton this offseason, but that he's also insanely inconsistent. And I will say I'm going to do a little bit of a victory lap here because I've been saying that he's incredibly inconsistent and struggles with accuracy for over a year now. And I, the whole time I would just hear, no, he's not, no, he's not, no, he's not. Well, there you go. Uh, that's what it is. That's, that's, that's my victory lap. That's all I'm going to do about it though. But uh, yeah, the Lockdown Gators Discord, which again, the link is in the description if you want to join it. We were talking about this yesterday. And so I figured we'll talk about it a little bit. Uh, I'm not going to share names of who said what, just because I I don't think I should. Like I don't know if they want me to, so I'm not going to do that. But with Anthony Richardson, I'm very torn on my analysis of him, my evaluation of him through the first chunk of this first half of the season, really, um, because Anthony Richardson, incredibly talented, his ceiling is he might not have one. Like genuinely, he is just. His ceiling is ridiculous, but he is constantly, and I, I've said this a lot, he's constantly shell-shocked. Anthony Richardson is just constantly, clearly in his own head so often, and that terrifies me. Um, we'll, we'll talk about it, but I mean, actually, we'll, we'll just talk about it now. Um, it's not as easy as... You know, he struggles with accuracy. Mechanics will clean this up. It's not as easy as, you know, a receiver. You know, his route tempo is a little messed up. You got to get that fixed up. When you're watching Anthony Richardson, we all know the thing that's going wrong with him because he said it. He, he feels this tremendous pressure and he just crumbles under it. And that is what terrifies me because it, it's hard when your confidence gets shook. It's hard to build it back up. It's hard to get back into it. So it, it does, it scares me. It frustrates me because we're not sitting here with Austin Appleby at quarterback. We're sitting here with someone who is incredibly talented, 
but is just constantly in his own head and constantly making himself play worse than he should be playing. And that's something where it's hard to develop on. It's hard to build up on. And that, again, that terrifies me. Um, And also when you just look at how it's working out with Anthony Richardson, whether it's the play calling or his execution, whatever it is, either play calling is limited because of Anthony Richardson. Either the reason that we see these wide receiver screens, these swings is because Anthony Richardson can't be trusted to consistently operate this offense or the play calling is limiting him. And the reason, or one of the reasons that he has not been able to build up that confidence and consistency is because of how kindergarten this offense has been with these screens and the swings. And also on top of that, like it, it seems like every game, there's one or two hits where, or one or two plays where after the play, we're like, is Anthony Richardson limping? Is he limping? Does he, is he hurt? And he is always constantly banged up. So I understand it when the fan base is yelling, more QB power, more read option, more design QB keepers. I understand why Billy Napier is hesitant to do that because Anthony Richardson is seemingly always hurt. It, it's just and all right hurt injured difference there's he's always got something physically that's hindering him and i don't know if he's a you know glass bones and paper skin kind of guy but he, it, it's a genuine reason for why florida's not running the ball with him that much but that also limits the offense even further and when you have someone like anthony richardson because i i understand that there's people that are like He's had five starts. He's incredibly inexperienced. All this. That's fine. You can you can use that argument all you want. But that's part of going through these structures. When you have someone who's as physically gifted as Anthony Richardson is, and even he's he's mentally gifted too. His eyes are fantastic when he's locked in. Um, but when you have someone that's as gifted as him, that's why you go through whatever struggles you're going through for these five starts and beyond. And and you deal with that and you go, okay, well, with experience, he'll probably get better. But I will also say five starts doesn't excuse or protect Anthony Richardson from the criticism of his play. You can evaluate Anthony Richardson and say, He's been bad at this and he's been good at this, but we're only five starts in. Maybe he's off to a hot start. Maybe he's struggling with picking up the speed of the game. You can look at that. You can look at the game and you can evaluate it and you could say, but he's five starts in. That's part of the evaluation. Gators fans are well within their right to question if Anthony Richardson will improve because it's been the same issues for the better part of these five starts, six starts, six games, whatever it is, it's been the same issue for, for most of that. Uh, and, and that's really what, what's concerning with it. Um, I, I get it. He is incredibly physically gifted. He's a Gainesville kid. So we love him, but you are allowed to bring up these questions and say, will he improve? Will he get better? Will he fix these issues? And again, the main reason why I'm concerned by it is because it's not a mental thing in the sense of he can't read a defense. It's a mental thing in the sense of this man, for whatever reason, does not have 
the confidence in himself. That's what I was saying when I was like, oh, well, we don't have Austin Appleby. You have an incredibly talented player. He just has no confidence in himself for whatever reason. And that's what worries me, that we've seen him rise to the occasion. We've seen him do incredible physical things. But he, for some reason, still does not have that confidence in himself and that comfort with himself. And and that's kind of what's concerning for me when evaluating Anthony Richardson at this point. Again, plenty of time to fix it, plenty of time to get back on track. But again, that that's my concern. And, and I think it's a solid concern. I think it's a fair concern to have. And Florida Gators fans, you should be asking that question. You should be asking, can he fix this? Will he develop? Will he get better? Because that's what you should do. If, if you're going to look at this and evaluate him, that should be your approach. We're about to take a look at the defense from this past Saturday. The third and longs, 10-plus yards, killed Florida at certain points. So we're about to take a look at that. But first, a quick word from upside because I don't know about you guys, but when you're looking at your gas price, which is just, thank thank goodness they're getting better, uh, eye-popping checks at your favorite restaurants, which, by the way, I got fleeced on Sunday night. I just want to, I just want to point that one out. Uh, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts right in the wallet, and it really does hurt. With every purchase using Upside, I get to earn cash back, and that's fantastic for me. To get started, you just download the free Upside app, use my promo code LOCKED, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're talking about this defense, which again, there were five instances of third and 10 or more for the Florida Gators versus Missouri game. They were hit and miss for the Gators defense. Um, In the first quarter, third and 19, Florida Gators went super conservative with the approach. They rushed eight defensive linemen, or they rushed three defensive linemen, and they dropped eight into coverage. It looked like they were in cover three. I, I also never really realized this before, but... When you drop eight players into coverage, it's kind of hard to read what the defense is because there's so much happening. Uh, I never realized it. It's, it's more difficult when there's just seven people dropping back. It's harder to read or harder to read what the defense is from our angle. Obviously, from a quarterback, it's way different. Um, but that third and 19, it looked like cover three. There was a, uh, a screen that Missouri ran, and they, they tackled them short of the sticks. Well, short of the six, it was a great play on third and 19. Florida stopped them. Great execution. Third and goal was the next one. This was right before halftime. It was third and goal from the 10. And it looked like this is right before the uh, right before the Billy Napier timeout that everybody got completely tilted by. There was somebody in the Florida Gators football press conference yesterday on the YouTube uh, comments that was just completely tilted by it still, um, which it's kind of impressive that you're that upset. <laughs> um, it is. Uh, but third and goal from the 10 right before halftime, it looked like the Gators were in cover one. Trey Dean was the over-the-top, say over-the-top. He was in the end zone because, um, again, you're so backed up, but he looked like he was the over-the-top safety. Uh, Ventrell Miller was the underneath hook defender. 
Jervon Dexter got the pressure. Got Brady Cook started scrambling. Jervon Dexter sacked him and ended it there. So, so far, Missouri 0 for 2 on 3rd and 10 or longer. So, there's that. And then, um, then, then it wasn't so good after that. That was the first half. And then third and there was no third and ten or longer situation. Third and long is just what I'm going to say for it. There were no third and long situations in the third quarter. And then in the fourth quarter, there were three. Um, spoiler alert: Missouri converted all of them. But we'll look at why because I saw a lot of people with that stupid little third and Tony, third and Tony. And here's the part where you have to understand, not everything is play calling, not everything is execution. It's always a give and take with those situations. And here we're looking at third and 22 in the fourth quarter. Again, it looked like the Florida Gators went cover three. They rushed four. They dropped seven. They converted third and 22. Missouri converted third and 22 here. Um, But the big issue with that is that it was a check down. They threw the ball maybe two yards past the line of scrimmage on third and 22 and converted it for a first down. So what 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 would you prefer in that case, the third and Tony? What's the, what's the point there? I want to know. What's the call? Because they checked it down. The Florida Gators were playing a soft zone. Missouri checked it down, which they should have done against that soft zone. And then it was 20 yards of running after the catch to get the first down. So what would you what would you call in that situation? I'm curious. Uh, if, you, if you want to leave a comment, go ahead. I know no, nobody will because cover three is the right call in that situation. Um, but there was a missed tackle immediately after the catch by Jadarius Perkins. He missed that tackle. Uh, there were two horrible angles. Uh on the play, and that could have made the stop. That could have kept them short of the six. Rashad Torrance screwed it up. Trevez Johnson screwed it up. Two horrible, horrible plays there. Uh, the tackle was, if I'm not mistaken, made by Trey Dean and Avery Helm. Um, if Again, if I'm not mistaken. Point being, though, I know who screwed up on those plays, and that that's really the difficult part where it's like, oh, third and Tony is so funny if it makes sense. Um, so, so yeah, just, it made no sense to me there. Same drive. There's a third and 15 Florida rushes four. I, this one was more difficult to tell. I believe the coverage was quarters. I know that Rashad Torrance was in a deep zone. And I, I, I think that on that side, at least uh, Rashad Torrance was in a deep zone. I believe he was supposed to be the safety help over the top there. And I will say this as well. Third and 15. Be grateful it wasn't a touchdown on that play. Because uh, a third and 15 touchdown would have sent the Florida Gators fans into a frenzy. To be fair, they scored in the next play. Um, but yeah, third and 15. believe it was quarters. And Rashad Torrance just let the receiver run right by him. Like he, he's looking in the back. Like He's looking in the backfield. He's watching what's happening. And the receiver just runs right by him. But, again, they did not throw to that receiver. They threw to uh, the receiver that was covered by Jalen Kimber. That was, one, a great pass. It was right where you needed to get to get the first down there. So, great pass. Two, 
great coverage. Like Jalen Kimber was was right. I'm oh, sorry, sorry. I say great coverage, great play on the ball by Jalen Kimber because it was not who Jalen Kimber was covering. Uh, Jalen Kimber was just the first person to react and get there. Great play on the ball by Jalen Kimber. He got an arm in. Obviously, didn't break up the pass, but he he got in the path is the important part there. It was just a better catch by the wide receiver. Jalen Kimber made a play. The wide receiver made a better play. And the last one is the one that everybody uh, wanted to harp on, and it was the easiest one to evaluate. Third and 18, final drive for Missouri, cover three. Jason Marshall just gets spun around. It's as, it's as simple as that. It's cover three. He's got his deep sideline on the uh, on the far side of the field, if you're watching the broadcast angle, away from Florida, right side from the quarterback. Jason Marshall in coverage. I don't know why. It was cover three. I don't know, or it looked like cover three. And I don't know why Jason Marshall turned around. There's no point to do that. There's no benefit to doing that in that situation. But he turned around, allowed the first down, and that was the last one where people, especially, were like, third and Tony, you have to have a better call there. It's cover three. Cover three is, I think, widely agreed upon to be the best coverage in a third and long situation. I, I think that's. I think everyone can agree with that. It's cover three. They did it on, I believe it was uh, three of the five third and longs. It's just execution on certain things. There were a lot of instances where I'll look at the game and I'll be like, I think Florida should have did something different there defensively. But on those third and longs, I think they made the right calls. It was just execution was bad. Um, so I, I think that the third and Tony thing is just stupid. Like if you if you need to be mad as a fan base and you need to blame the coaches because you're just used to doing that and so you're going to do it, then go ahead but at least be accurate with it. That's all I ask. Any kind of trash talk, just be accurate with it. Um, but no, I, I don't. I genuinely don't understand the. Uh, I, yeah, I don't understand the third and Tony. I don't understand a, a quite a few of the complaints that we get, um, and it's it's irritating and stupid because it's just like okay, like you have no idea what you're talking about. Cool beans. Um, if you're a third and Tony person and you're listening to this. That's targeted directly at you. Um, that's woo. We're about to talk about what the biggest concern is for me for the LSU game. But first, this week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers in vehicles as capable as the driver themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field, this week's thrilling moment, Jaden Hill. First interception of the season, his first pick six since I think he said his junior year of high school. I mean, it was his first pick of the game. He had another one later on, but it has to be that Jaden Hill interception. Pick six, specifically. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder. Today, available now at NissanUSA.com. To wrap up today's show, we are talking about my biggest concern for the LSU game. And yes, I understand it's early to start talking about the LSU game, but I wanted to get it out there now because I'm going to be talking about it quite a bit this week. And so I just I wanted to get that out there immediately. Um, I will preface it by saying this. 
I think Jaden Daniels sucks. Also, that's you starting quarterback. I think he sucks. I think he's a bad quarterback, and that is what it is. And I've, I've said that for years, dating back to Arizona State. He has just been living off of an overachieving freshman year. It wasn't even a phenomenal freshman year. He didn't turn the ball over, which is great. And they, they won games, and he looked good for expectations. And he's been just living off that. Wasn't good past two years. And good this year with LSU. Um, hey, congrats. You have incredible season-long efficiency numbers. Take out the game against Southern, where you completed, I think it was 90% of his passes. Take out the blowouts against horrible competition. And he sucks. Yeah, because Jaden Daniels isn't a good quarterback. It's as simple as that. As a runner, he is a legitimate threat. There, I will not even attempt to take that away from him. Uh, he's got 456 rushing yards this year so far. 358 of those came on scrambles. So he, he's, they're not dialing up a ton of read options. He's just making plays with his legs. And Prince Liam and Mialine talked about it yesterday during the, uh, during the press conference because he was one of the speakers for the Florida Gators. He was the defensive speaker. Um, and they kind of asked him a little bit about Jaden Daniels and his mobility. And he even said, he's like, look, he wants to run the ball. He's like, he, he takes a snap and he's looking to run. That's one of the reasons Jaden Daniels sucks. He takes a snap and he's immediately looking to run. I don't think Florida needs to be super concerned about Jaden Daniels or any other quarterback in the option game. I, I don't think that's my concern. I don't think that should be anybody's concern. Big plays are possible in the option game, yes. But that's not the concern. That's not what LSU is going to do. LSU calls pass plays a ton, and they're just like, hey, you have free reign to run that ball, Jaden. And Jaden does that consistently. The Florida Gators this year have not been the best when quarterbacks scramble. Um, you look at the Utah game, Cam Rising had, I think it was three scrambles for 50 yards. You look at the Tennessee game, and Hendon Hooker had that one really long, insane scramble. That was a great play by him. And it, it's just, there are certain plays where Florida, just as, as edge defenders, as contained defenders, don't do their job. Whether it's We've said this a lot, Brenton Cox Jr. He over-pursues often. That's what he does a lot. That's who he is. He does that a lot. He'll do it against LSU, I promise you. Prince Liam and Mialine, I mean, in the press conference yesterday, uh, he was incredibly open about it because he was just like, yeah, against, uh, I think he said against Utah, there was a play where he rushed with an inside move when he was supposed to have contain. He rushed with an inside move. Cam Rising took off right at his direction. Uh, the... Tennessee game, I think it was, he said that he bull rushed the tackle he was against and he he did not keep his contain. He did not do that well. And it led to a big run. It might've been that huge play. Um, So there are certain things where, you know, Florida's screwed up here and I'm not, I'm not singling out Princely and Maylene here. Princely just spoke about it yesterday in the press conference. So that's why I'm bringing that up. Gators so far this year, 19 scrambles. 
226 yards allowed. So they've been gashed by the scramble when quarterbacks want to do it. So I think that's something where we can really say that should concern you for the LSU game. We'll talk about how Florida can fix it and how they can stop it later on in the week. But I just wanted to get that out there. That's my big concern. Jaden Daniels, bad quarterback, great scrambler. And that's a concern. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow as Hayden Hansen, Florida Gators freshman tight end, joins the show like he always does. And we talk about the depth chart. For your second listen, check out Lockdown SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Get the best coverage on the best conference, including the best university, the University of Florida. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Uh, find my written work with Whole Nine Sports and Giants Country of SI.com, and I will see you all tomorrow.